As the world begins to emerge from the cave of the 21st century and opens its eyes onto the suffering from centuries of injustice and the bastardization of what it means to be free, the new Nomos podcast is a call. A call for a new beginning. A call for the new men and the new women that yearn to be truly free. A call for us to fulfill our destiny. A call for a new Nomos on the earth. Welcome to the New Nomos Podcast. I'm Abdallah Dutton, inviting you to join me on this journey of discovery to define what the New Nomos is and what we need to get there. This episode was inspired by the previous one with Lubomir Arzov, the director of the monumental short film In Shadow, and in particular, the ending, where you have man and woman rising up in their glory with dignity, joining together in connection with the higher realms and with the lower realms, and the product of that is the child of light and the child of love. And those images being the solution for all of the darkness that comes before it in the film. And I wanted to explore this theme in more detail. And who better to do this with than my mother? Not only the woman that brought me into this world, but also an expert in early childhood development and now a practitioner in body stress release. And through listening to this episode, you will understand how her journey moved from early childhood development into body stress release and why. Because from her work with thousands of children, she realized that the child and the domestic situation were not disconnected. And therefore, when the child was coming to the school, in a state of stress, this was because what was happening at home was stressful, and therefore it was the adults that needed to do the work so that the child could flourish in their fullness. And so here we are, without further ado, I present to you episode 36 with my mother, Tazine Dutton, Brave New Children, Early Childhood Development and Body Stress Release. Listening to Lubomir and you in that interview, and then afterwards watching it, and all the different emotions that were going through me, you know, it's like almost like at points, you know, feeling really sick and kind of, where is this leading to? And then I just thought the ending was just epic, even to the point of where the eyes open up. But for me, being a doula and helping women have babies, not on a professional level, I do it for friends and people who have asked, but that, that image of the man rising up and then the woman and that the the wings of her taking off and then the two of them together producing this child that was just light and if you're with a child that takes its first breath it's so pure and there's just nothing but light and and it, and it, and it moves the soul and the tears flow just in that moment of this ball of energy that emerges 
it got me thinking to okay how did we how did we get to this place where everywhere you look people are stressed you know and what you see is even children are stressed where's all this heading i started reflecting a lot on that and man and what's man doing woman what's woman doing children where are they heading and i remember somebody once said to me that if you look at the politicians and you want to really look at is this a good leader look at the old people and look at the young people are they being looked after and looking back to my own life um got married at 21 had my first child at 22 bringing up five children basically on my own a lot of the time because the husband had to work um but the pressure to work was always there and and I'd go to some lunches with your father and um you know people would say um oh and and what do you do mrs dutton and at that time i was bringing up the children i said oh i i'm a housewife or uh, there was another word that i started using because it was more acceptable um home engineer or something i can't remember but the point was you know people oh no 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 but what do you do and i said that's what i do i look after i'm bringing up my children and you know i look at after the house but it was almost like no no but what you know your your job that is my job i just don't get paid for it but the way society looks at that also makes one feel that you're doing something that's not valuable but again now things have changed and i you know i i see young people and it's just got so much harder because when i was young i was part of a um a lot of women that were stay at home moms and we did a lot of things together but now the pressure for women to go out to work is a lot more and so what you're seeing is women are getting isolated and it's just too much a woman cannot do it or she can't be the the teacher the cook the cleaner bringing up the child and then having no company collette whose mother sido has written very beautifully of her memories of her childhood where the children would be outside in the garden and the mother would go and say come on children it's lunchtime and she couldn't see the children but she knew her senses were she knew exactly where all the children were one would be reading a book up a tree another would be hiding kind of like in the bushes they were free we don't have that same freedom for children now they're cooped up in the house we've got social media mother can't cope so she has to allow them to um have a either a ipad or a laptop or phones now and it's heading towards children not being very sociable what led you into early childhood development i wanted my children to be the best and i knew to have the best i needed to know everything about child development so that i did it to my best that's what led me to it i got into maria montessori very early on um i think your sister was yeah she was 5 and you were 3 she was at school and you were at nursery school and so the mornings i would um i, I was doing it um, correspondence so the the sentence that um attracted me to maria montessori was the spiritual embryo um because maria montessori speaks a lot about um early childhood where the child is not an individual yet because the child is still connected to the mother through the nervous system and then after 3 the social development comes in so then it becomes very important for the child to be with other children and then i got onto waldorf because um the waldorf method was because the society was changing the rudolf steiner felt that the children needed a home 
because people were not having a lot of children and they needed interaction with other children. So that's where the Waldorf came into my life because I kind of thought, ah, oh, that sounds interesting. And he tried to produce a kind of like a mother figure in the classroom. So there was very much the women would wear long dresses so the children could hold on to them. The whole um, curriculum flowed around the child. So that's how I got into um, the Waldorf education system. And then after that, I started seeing Maria Montessori started becoming almost like a religion. And, and the Waldorf too was kind of like, you know, they, I just felt that the people who are in the teachers and the people who are involved with those things, they couldn't see anything else. And it wasn't enough for me. I felt like there was always the thing of our time and where we are now. We also moved to Edinburgh. And what I realized with the early years education system in Edinburgh, that they took a bit of Montessori and they took a bit of Waldorf and they had what was called um, childcare and education. So that's when I did my HND in childcare and education in Edinburgh. By about that time, I'd already had Naima. Mm. It was, you know, so by that time I had five children. And when she <coughs> went to school, I trained as a nursery nurse, I guess you could say. From there, we moved on to, we went to Cape Town. By that time, I'd collected a, a lot of things myself and made up my own curriculum almost. And in Cape Town, um, the head teacher of a school called Forries, she wanted somebody to work in her preschool, but it was very open to new curriculums. And that's where I was able to form my own curriculum, in a sense, using what I'd learned in Edinburgh, then experience of my own children and um, the, uh, the Maria Montessori and the Waldorf and putting all of that together into the free flow. Also bringing in nature, because I feel children and nature, you can't separate it, it's one. And then allowing, taking from Montessori the free flow and bringing in the Waldorf of the mother. And I was very fortunate because Kim, the owner of Forries, allowed me to do whatever I wanted. So I set up my own um, curriculum there with the garden the children would help in the garden we had our organic garden growing and then from there we'd have um we'd have free flow snack where it was just laid out the children would help you do the snack we'd have parents coming in every every day we had a rotor that every day a parent came in to help with the the free flow snacks so the children would cook things we made sushi we made paella we made kind of like curries there was nothing that these four or five-year-olds couldn't do and they were mm. using real knives and stuff and it was, it was very holistic, but that led on to working with the parents. There was a, you know, you'd find things that were not quite going well with the children and you talk to the parents and there's, it, it's like the preschool is not isolated from the home. So you've got a community and the whole preschool was in a sense like a community. So there's a lot of work going on with the parents outside as well. And that then led on to, um, really seeing the stress because one started noticing that the children were getting stressed. And then I, I used to see that it was because the parents were so stressed and this stress, stress, stress kept kind of coming in. I thought, and I used to think, gosh, what we need is something to de-stress parents. And then maybe they can be a bit more freer with the children. And then your father retired and we ended up in England and I was looking for things for yours. Your younger sister was wanting to, you know, do something holistic in, um, for her uh, university degree. And she we came across body stress release and she read it and kind of like, mm, wasn't really interested. But the more I read into it, I kind of felt, wow, this is what I'm looking at. And you had to be over 30 years, to 30 years old to actually do it. Mm -hmm. So I applied and um, I got onto the course. It was five months in Dorset, working with um, the body, 
And in a sense, a lot of things that I've found while doing the course was um, a lot of it was to do with unpacking myself because it was the first time since I was a young 21 year old that I wasn't a, a daughter, I wasn't a wife, I wasn't a mother, I was just me. And because I was living on my own there, it forced me to look into myself, which brought up a whole lot of other things, you know, many moments of just crying and feeling useless. And I'd have to, you know, the course involved a lot of anatomy. I was never good at languages, but it was like learning a whole new language and um, had to really push and push and push. As I was going through the process while doing the course, it was almost like things were happening in the course. And because I was going through it myself, I was learning. So whatever I was learning was also happening inside of me, if, if it, mm. you see what I mean. And so what I, then what I realized was as I was unpacking something inside, something outside was changing. And then there was a, um, the um, place where I was staying, there was a wood. Um, it was where um, D.H. Lawrence used to write. And I used to go out there into, into that wood and things would happen. There was like um, one of the days I was walking down and then apparently there was a stag that nobody had seen, but apparently he'd been, he's a very mature stag and everybody used to talk about him. And I went just after dawn, the, the sun hadn't quite got high. It was very low. It was quite dark. And I remember walking there. And then after about half an hour of walking on my own in this wood, there was a slight hill and standing there was the, the stag, his antlers, huge kind of antlers. And he just stood there and looked at me and I looked at it. And there was just, it's very difficult to explain. There was almost like it, 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 it was in control. It decided to come out because it knew I was coming. Mm. And in a sense, it was almost like a, there was a, a contact its eyes and my eyes and there was almost like a a greeting mm. and, the, and and while I was in the moment it was just beautiful and the just everything was just about the moment but then I put my hand in because I thought I'd like to take a picture and the minute I moved my hand to put it in it was gone mm. so it was like this was not about a photograph it was about being in the moment mm. and um and then the thing about the the whole um unpacking as well was I had to face those things of myself because at school I was never very good at school I didn't pass a lot of my subjects and there was this fear but as I went in and um, almost like faced my fear I saw going in for the exams I wasn't afraid and then from getting 13 <laughs> percent I ended up getting 85 percent and it's like the teacher's school was like whoa what's going on here I just couldn't explain it but there was something Started, it was a process that started happening and then and I was told that you couldn't pass unless you got 75% and over and ended up getting 85% for the whole thing so I actually I passed mm. but then it was like a, it's been a journey kind of sometimes we're looking at answers in our head and I just feel they're not in there they're not in our head they're inside in our hearts so if we can just be in the moment and experience the feelings and the emotions something starts changing. So again, going back to that scene of um, in the shadow, you know, one thinks, well, how, how can we, how can we get to that point where there's just light? What I'm doing is helping people to balance the mind with the heart. Mm. And is that the heart has the answers, but the mind 
suppresses it and blocks it with its own narratives and conditioning and everything that's been put on us. So is that the ego? I don't want to look at it from that perspective of defining it by this or by that. But the mind has narratives and the heart is in connection with the divine. Mm. Now, the heart has the answers, but it's been blocked out by the... The the heart's language is feeling and thought. Mm. Mm. And the mind's language is logic and rational and concepts and ideas. Mm. Now, if you can align the two and get them in balance, Mm. then they can work in conjunction with each other so that the heart's feeling emerges and the mind can act it out in 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 the in the most efficient way possible yeah. so if that's whether you want to be rich and you want that's your goal and you want to work towards that or if you want to create a new society or if you just want to have a better relationship in your household etc etc so it is that thing that like you were saying that you don't think we can think the solutions. We have to almost feel the way forward. Mm, and mm. I think that's very relevant. And what was interesting about body stress release is that everything problematic goes back to somewhere in our life. And the majority of things does go back to your childhood. And like Gabon Mate talks about trauma, and he says, we're all traumatized. So where is all that traumatization coming and he puts it down to when there isn't any nurturing going on with children then what happens is they detach Mm -hmm. and the mind kind of takes over more than the feelings could because the child doesn't want to get hurt and and so then it starts acting to what the parents what makes the parents happy because they have to survive Mm -hmm. and that's their that's the tools that the child has at his disposal to survive and then later on in life, they're still using those tools, but they don't need to because they don't need, they, they don't need their parents to survive anymore. Mm. So the, the, what I see is for the person to become whole, because then you're not whole anymore and you're not authentic. So somehow you've got to get back to being authentic. And how do you do that? Because what happens is when there's trauma, it's trapped in the body and Stress is also a good thing because it helps, it pushes us and helps us do great things. And if there's a danger, you know, it helps us run away. But what what you find is that stress on top of stress on top of stress gets to the point where it's stress overload Mm -hmm. and it's impacted. And then you start getting disease. You start getting things wrong with you because the body can't hold it anymore. Mm -hmm. So how do you get rid of that trauma? How do you get rid of stress? Mm -hmm. That's sorry, all the chemicals that are running in you. How do you get rid? It's through touch. So what is body stress release and what does it do? Body stress release locates where there's tension in the body due to stress and you find it through what they call um, body feedback mechanism and the largest muscles are in the leg. So what happens is as you um, touch various parts of the body, you can locate where there's stress overload and how you know they stress overload is because the largest muscles are in the leg and the foot moves a little bit. Mm. So then when they stress overload, you see the muscle move and then you release that. And then as you go through releasing it, what will happen with your client is that you have to have three sessions. And after the third day of having body stress release, they will start um, getting a memory mm-hmm. or they'll get pain or there'll be dreams that start coming out. And through that, you ha- you can work out where the where you will release the next 
layers of stress because it's like an onion you've got layers and layers and layers and depending how deep children are very quick because they've not got a lot of layers but with adults they may be in your trauma may go back to way way back and then you have to the layers come off stage by stage like an onion it starts peeling it and then you work on that so then you work on the 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 event itself when the client feels safe mm. and the body feels safe things start emerging and then they've gone the the memories are gone the trauma it's a bit like uh, you know when you've got um a credit card and you swipe the credit card mm. when you've got it's got all your information on it right but if you get a magnet and you swipe the magnet over the credit card the credit card doesn't work anymore mm. because all the information's gone yeah. So it's a little bit like that, you know, when you can, when the stress comes to the surface and you get to the event of what that was, mm -hmm. then it leaves. So you're free from it. And the result is you certainly get a lot of energy and you feel young again because one doesn't realize that, because we don't know we're holding all this stress. We don't realize that this sluggishness and um, being lethargic sometimes is to do with because the body's just holding too much. And as the layers come out and as it's released, you start feeling young again. But you're making it sound like it's a once off. Like once you get it, once it's, once you bring it up to the surface and it's done, it's gone, finished. And it's, you'll never get it back or what? Suddenly you're going to be super energetic and young for the rest of your life. It takes time. It's not going to just happen with a one off, depending on how many layers you've got. But eventually you will get to that point where you will find yourself and who you actually are. That's where you're heading. And once you know yourself, you know the whole of creation and where you fit in it. Mm. Okay. <laughs> it sounds all very kind of like um, all too easy, but it's pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. Even with pain, because the stress comes in three levels. There's emotional stress, chemical stress, and physical stress. And sometimes with physical stress, you may hurt yourself somewhere and you think... Um, you've dealt with it but because you've gone you know you haven't really rested it properly the muscles are holding it mm. and then later on in life there's this niggling niggling pain that keeps coming and it's because it hasn't healed mm. and the nervous system has blocked it from healing so one of the effects of body stress release can be that you you release um tension and then and it's very very subtle you know the client doesn't mm. even feel you're doing anything and then they'll go away and they'll they'll be in agony and kind of think oh my gosh what has she done to me because it's the pain that hasn't, because pain, no pain, no gain. When you have pain, it sends a message to the brain saying, there's a problem here, we need to heal it. And so then the body goes into work and it clears up the damage or whatever you did years ago. Sometimes it goes back to your childhood. Mm. But then emotional pain can't be healed in the same way. No, emotional. can't tell the brain. No, emotional that. pain comes out as memory there'll be a memory. Suddenly you'll have a dream or a memory of an event. Right. And then that then, for example, one of the clients was talking about this, this thing that she had with her mother and it kind of like came up and she said she didn't really ever realize it. She had this problem with her mum, but she didn't realize that it was this deep-seated problem. So it came up to the surface and then she spoke to her mum and then there was a thing that went on between the two of them, mm. you know, where one had to um, the mother was allowed to talk to what the situation was when the event took place. The daughter forgave the mother and the mother and they cried and they hugged and something changed in both of them and they started having a better... I mean, I'm just simplifying it, you know. Obviously, yeah. these takes time. This doesn't happen overnight. But once the, the body has triggered something and the client is looking into it, 
what what res, what you find is because you're looking into something inside of you something outside starts changing but well, the client right. has to do the work all the body stress release practitioner does is releases the tension which then is a catalyst to other things happening in the person's life and you have to then in some cases it's the job in some cases it's it's friends or whatever there's issues that are going on in your life but you are made to face them mm. well the thing is if you change the way you see the world the world changes because it's your mm. you're the person you're the entity experiencing your universe so if you choose to change the mm. way that you see the universe the yeah. universe changes and everyone knows that mm. that's a reality mm. because everyone has experienced it in some shape or form and mm. sometimes it's because we've chosen it and sometimes it's because it just happens you know you're thinking oh this person hates me blah 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 they mm. gave me these eyes gave mm. me that and then eventually whether it's two years down the line or whatever it is you have a conversation about it and they're like oh no i was just having a really bad day that day yeah. and so you've created this yeah. whole story yeah. about this person mm. and it was absolutely not true yeah. you'd created it and yeah. then, you know you realized so in that point you could have been in that same arena mm. and chosen to see it differently and it would have been different yeah a lot of pain is due to what you're thinking and believing your habits that you've got into mm. which is then your personality and how do you change your personality by working on yourself and everything is a mirror life is a mirror yeah. So what you're seeing out there is really what you're seeing inside. Exactly. So if you change what's inside, <laughs> then outside becomes different. Yeah. And that's my point when, it, when coming, bring, bringing it back to in shadow. What really spoke to me when I watched it the first time was that it's a it's a kind of cross section through our time and mm. all of the the ill and bad and and the, the way that our society has mm. degenerated. But it also gives a very positive and uplifting solution at the mm. end. Mm. But it doesn't just jump from one thing to the next. In order to get, or to get from the time that we live in to unlocking yourself and the rebirth and the emergence in your highest form is a journey that mm. is painful. And there's that yeah. one scene where as the man's emerging in himself, mm. is he has to go into the fear. And that there's the, the one image and it's, it's all kind of red and fiery, like blurry. And there's this massive kind of like devil-like mm. thing there that he's going towards. Mm. And that is facing yeah. the deepest fear. Yeah. Kind of cuts through all of that. Yeah, just but through. once you go through it and then you emerge, it's like yeah. then there's complete rebirth. And then you can unlock this heart mm. of yours and mm. let the light shine from it because the world needs that. Mm. And then you rise up in your dignity and mm. glory mm. And by your doing it, you will see other people doing it and you can build community and build groupings of people that are in synchronicity with each other, yearning for something higher, not yearning for a few um, dollars or pounds that are depreciating in your pocket. Yeah, but very difficult because everything is about money. You know, if you just think of a woman that doesn't, you know, doesn't want to go to work, but her husband isn't earning a lot of money and she wants to stay at home with the children. Mm. And and the way women are created is that, you know, we're, we're nurturers, you know, and if we know that there's not enough kind of coming in and 
it's the children that are going to suffer. She can do without the food and everything, but they're going to need a, 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 a home. And they call it the women giving syndrome. This is why a lot of women are getting burnt out because you also can see your husband struggling or your partner struggling or somebody, you know, you're the man of the house struggling and you want to support him. So then you need to go out and earn some money as well. So then what's happening to the children? Well, society tells us they can go to the, you know, crash, then go to the, the play group and they'll be okay. But if you look from the child's point, that's not okay. Because as we spoke about earlier, the spiritual embryo needs the mother. If it's not the mother, it needs another woman that's going to be nurturing it. Mm. So therefore you had wet nurses where another woman would breastfeed the child and then the child will be whole because we're talking about the separation that happens when the child doesn't get that. So what we're seeing now in society is that wholeness is almost like not happening. It's, it's being separated. The, the child is being, it's, it's not whole anymore. It's separate. The heart and the mind are becoming separate. Then normally they work together, but mm -hmm. to survive, they've become separate. Mm -hmm. Bowlby talks about the detachment theory. Mm -hmm. And that's what it is where the child just turns away because it's too painful. It is unconscious, the, the things happening. So, you know, a woman would just love this great man to kind of like, you know, that's what every woman's looking for. The great man that will do everything. And then, you know, for her to have her career, the children get what they need. It, so, you know, it's like very difficult to kind of like fathom how does it all work? How can you... What great man? Because, well, any man that's going to be able to, you know, where are the great men? I hear a lot of women kind of like saying, you know, there's so many women that can't get married because they're well, looking what, for a great man. Yeah, but what, what is a great man? A great man is... Somebody who has is, money? No, someone who, who, who is, is, is brave enough to look at himself and change himself and, and support the woman, you know, see where she's at. Like we're talking about those politicians, you know, when the woman, old people and children are safe, you've got a great man. You've got a great leader. Great leader. But great. if you've got a household, that's your little, little um, world really, isn't it? Your family setting is, 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 is a smaller um, micro of that macro outside. So whatever's happening in your, in your family is whatever's happening is also happening outside in the society. The external oppression mm. has filtered its way all the way down to the familial situation and to the personal situation where everything is oppressive. Mm -hmm. And so now if you can unlock and free yourself and then unlock and free your family situation, mm. that by extension mm. in its reverse, because everything's in its opposite, yeah. uh, creates that healthy dynamic which can grow and spread out. Yeah. And these things do take time yeah. and they do take generations. It can't be done in a nuclear family. It has to be a village. You, you know, it's, we go back to that saying of, you know, it takes a village to raise a child. Mm. Otherwise you just get clones of the mother and the father. So to really, you know, find that part of you that's not your mother, that's not your father, you need a relationship with other, other people. Mm. And, and so how do you bring that about today when Every, everyone's thinking on that line of finance and money, oh, I can't afford this and I can't afford that, then somehow, in my opinion, I have to break away from that because there's something, you know, um, I was listening to one of, I um, can't remember his name, but he was saying more of as you go inside yourself and you are present in the moment and not think of 
and not, not try and think of all those things you want, but rather sit with it and open your heart to it's coming to you anyway. If you can be still in it, it's coming to you. I'm not explaining this properly. No, I, mean, it's just, <laughs> I understand what you're saying. If you can feel the feeling that you want to feel by having the thing, the thing will come to you. Yeah, because we are not in control. There's something larger at play. There's something larger that's in control. We are not in control. And sometimes I think, you know, we think we're in control. Well, that's a big problem because if you think that you are in control, that then when you fear, a, then a situation where you have no control, you will avoid. Mm. So you stay within the same system. It's what is in the Ten Symphonies about the autistic child mm. is that the autistic child that autism is the disease of our time mm. because the autistic child can only function within what it already knows so there can be no spontaneity because spontaneity is going towards the unknown mm. and so the, the autistic child is the manifestation of the democratic system the mm. democratic system within this kind of liberal uh, capitalist Mm -hmm. society and so you produce that because they want mm -hmm. the robotic human that isn't free to act out their full humanness and so the society is built to create that being because robotic humans are much easier to control and that's well take your child away from the mother and you will get a robot boom <laughs> <laughs> i'm just i mean i just came out into my kind of like because there is something in the eyes of the mother yeah. and the child as well you know, when you look into, you know, and, and what you see, what I see is also that the mothers are not looking into the, into the eyes of their children. They're looking on the screens. Mm. So then the child has to, you know, suddenly the screen becomes the mother in a sense that that's where he's looking. You should see the way children are, you know, going for the screen. These, these little kind of mobile phones. It's so yeah, subtle. Yeah. It's so subtle. But they're born in it. And this is what I'm saying. The child is born in its time. So already something's kind of like breaking and then it just, again, you know, so then how do you, how do you, um, help it has to be by working with young people and allowing them to find themselves so that they can become whole again, because for every state, there's an answer. It's, mm. and this is what's beautiful about that. Um, the imagery in the, in the shadow is that, you know, there's hope mm. there's, you know, and again, it comes with don't see the world as all this dark but just see the light and there will be light but the work yeah. is very difficult because nobody wants to look at themselves why That's, does nobody want to look at themselves it's 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 it's, it's going into deep places that you no know, you know everybody's hurting and nobody wants more pain and to go deep into yourself it's painful this is what i don't understand because i've done personally a lot of this work and I don't understand why people wouldn't want to, why people will reject going on that path, knowing that your greatest success and your greatest achievements and fulfilling your highest potential and your, your, your real destined greatness is on the other side of doing that work. So why would you not want to do that work and continue living medi in mediocrity or in pain or in hurt? unconscious doesn't want you to go there don't you think it's scary to face that side it's a frightening thing and and the thing is it's it's ongoing it never stops 
But there is a moment when the individual will wants, you know, or don't, or chooses to, and then you've got this kind of like, it's, it, 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 then you're on the journey. But to get there or to want to, it's 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 frightening. That's why I always say the hero today, the hero today is the one who's brave enough, courageous enough to look deeply inside himself. And that's what Dr. Abdul-Basir said, yeah. quoting Ernst Jünger, mm. that the joy of today, yeah. or the battlefield of today is in the mm. heart of men. Mm. And I think I think people are wanting, they are wanting it because, you know, if you think of all this um, um, coaching work and, um, you know, trauma work, especially since um, Gabba Mata has been speaking a lot, because mm-hmm. Gabba Mata has a way of putting it in a, a language that people can access, you know, and understand. Mm-hmm. It's it's almost like there is this balance in the world where there's all this kind of horrible stuff going on, but there's also this awakening of something light happening as well. Well, it's what Lubomir is saying in that, in that conversation we had, is that, you know, there has to be the collapse. Mm-hmm. And the collapse is coming and you can see it. You just turn the news on and mm. you can see everything is crumbling. Mm. I mean, it's not even the collapse is, the collapse is coming. Mm. The collapse happened decades ago. Mm. You know, it's just the rubble is falling and how are you going to dodge the, dodge the falling pieces of mm. rubble in order to get out of the labyrinth and start building and creating something somewhere else you yeah. know, with, a different, with a different psychology. And service, I think, you know, is a... When, when when all of this kind of like does come, what you realize is we're not individuals on our own. Mm. We're connected to other people. It's, it's, it's when, you know, and it is about service. You know, the more you, in a sense, get rid of yourself, the more you see the likeness in other people because it's all interconnected, you know, the trees, nature, animals, it's all, you know, it's, we're just all energy at the end of the day. It's, um, there's a beautiful, um, well, as I felt in Dorset, actually, with the deer, another time I, f- I was out there in the morning and this owl just flew over my head completely and it's so silently and gracefully and, and you know, that certain animals would come out and, and I kind of started sensing that, you know, that my nervous system, when it was calm, there was almost like the animal world was trusting me and was coming out. Oh yeah. It was just this 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 kind of realization that, you know, the stones, the trees, everything has a nervous system somehow that's well, if we call our nervous system energy, that everything is kind of interconnected. Oh yeah. I mean, yesterday <laughs> I was actually sitting next to a beehive mm. with a friend of mine and I was right next to the opening of the hive. Yeah. Because it was just beautiful, and I love bees, and yeah. like, it's magnificent, and I can just watch them for hours. Yeah. And he was standing like a couple of meters away, and a bee flew past him and kind of freaked and kind of did this thing. And I said, "No, you you can't feel, you can't be afraid, because if you're afraid, you're a threat, and they'll sting you. Yeah. They can feel your energy. Yeah. So just be, totally. just be absolutely okay yeah. there." And it was funny that we walked into the house. And I didn't realize that I had a bee on me. And I was just sitting there on yeah. the on the sofa. And I looked at my leg and there was this bee and it was just walking around. And I could see that it was tired. Yeah. So I was like, okay. And so I asked my friend, I said, can you get me just the tiniest little bit of honey? And oh, I just amazing. put the spoon there with amazing. a little bit of honey and it immediately started yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, it's like with cats. Yeah, it is amazing. And then even like with cats, you know, when you feed them, they'll you know they they'll turn around and go, and it's a different meow, and it's like thank you. (laughs) Yeah, and um, yeah. Well, when I had my bees, remember when I got those bees that kind of like came, and we had a huge beehive. It was the same thing. I never wore gloves, never wore anything. It was just calm. But then you had somebody else that kind of came in, and the bees actually went crazy. They can pick up on our energy. But it was interesting talking to um, a bee specialist, um, Paula Cornelia, who lives in Somerset. And she was saying that um, what's happening with the, the, um, the bees in England where they're giving them sugar mm. is that the, the, the bees are getting almost like um, diabetic and therefore they're losing the um, ability to sense where other hives are. And then the responsibility of the um, the younger bees, who are you could say teenagers, not quite mature, mm. they are looking after the new the people that have hatched. So it's like they're not getting the full information because the bees are not mature. And she was saying the same things happening in society where teenagers now are not listening to parents, but they are almost like um, listening to their peers. So you've got the younger people who are, you know, listening. To, I just thought that was fascinating. That again, what's happening in, in with us is all, you know, what's happening in nature as well. It's like this whole, this we're just a small part, yeah. but responsible for all, you know, I, I feel the humans, you know, with that, because we have intellect that we should be looking after the bees. We should be looking after the, the fishes in the ocean and everything else. But because of the greed and the usurious system that everything is just being destroyed, what's the word, killed, um, becoming extinct because mm. of what man's hand is doing. And that can turn very quickly by people being more present. Can I tell you a story about a horse that um, had stress? I think of it. Because there's the people that work with kind of like horses and again, going back to stress and trauma again, which is energy that there was um, a man got called in because this horse kept limping and the owner felt there's not really anything wrong that I know of this horse. He hasn't fallen, he hasn't anything, but why is he limping? And so the the specialist came over and um, because the doctors couldn't find anything, the vets and everything couldn't find anything wrong with it. This person says, but I have to work with the human. I can't work alone. So the human was the owner of the horse and he'd go through and he was mentioning things. He says, anything to do with water? And she said, not that I can think of. He said, well, has he been around um, some kind of fawns or plants? No. He went through a whole list of things and then he, and then he saw a bird flying up and he said, um, maybe birds. And then, um, and then um, the, um, the owner said, well, actually, yes, there was a, a nest outside his stable. There was a nest of birds and the baby chick fell in front of the horse and he neared but the mother bird was away and she said actually it's since then that the horse had this limp and then the man pinpointed it to the point that it's because it had the stress had gone into that leg because the horse couldn't do anything about this this so it just made me think of how animals are connected to you know mm. the horse wanted to protect this little bird and he couldn't and he got so stressed that it was in his leg and then the man just whooshed his hand over the horse kind of like and disappeared the horse started walking normally right so then my question would be can the horse hear how did that stress disappear they got to the point for the owner that this had happened it's because the horse's nervous system was connected to the owner 
and the owner dealt with it, wasn't worried about the horse anymore, and its fear disappeared. Mm. <laughs> well, the thing is, a horse, they have a sixth sense. Mm. You sit on the horse and the horse knows exactly mm. how you're feeling. Amazing. And if isn't you're going to be angry, yeah. the horse is going to help you off. Yeah. It's like, oh, you're going to be like that. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. You don't need language, do you? And in a sense, that's one of the things when you're working with children, you um, you don't need, in a sense, language. You can read their body language. Mm. And after working with children and having, you know, five of my own, you, you start seeing that. And then what's interesting about the body stress release is that what you start seeing is you can, I can see when that adult turns into the child by its body language and the voice changes as well. And then you know you're getting closer to where the, the trauma oh, actually went. Say that again? You can see when that Well, there's body language. We have, we, you know, we have a body language and children, sometimes you have to guess because children can't articulate what they're doing, especially young children. And you have to guess just from their body work of what's actually going on. Right. And with adults, what happens is when you're doing this um, body stress release and therapy work with adults, that at some point you'll be asking questions or something will kind of like come up and you'll see the body change. You'll see there's, a, there's kind of like a movement in the body and then the voice changes. It's almost like goes to a child's voice. Oh, so the adult It's very goes, subtle. So the adult goes back to their child. Yeah, because we've all got that inner child. Sometimes it's very clear with people, you know, that's it. They're, they're hitting it. They're hitting it. That's, that's yeah, they're getting there. <laughs> There's a very beautiful image of um, a cage and it's got to the, the adult's kind of like cage and then the child is inside. They've drawn, it's an art piece. I don't know who it's by, okay. but there's, there's this child inside trying to get out. You just always want to be recognized. You're not two different people. You're the same person, but different experiences. Mm. It was interesting because I went back um, home to... Um, the street where I used to play a lot and um, and it was interesting because what I realized was I was walking down the same street but obviously I felt the same person but what I what was interesting was that but I was a lot more maturer I was a lot more confident I was a lot more happier but as a child it was a very different story to go to the same street mm. with the same smells and the same kind of like you know it hadn't changed much and it was just interesting to reflect on how time changes you. Mm. Yeah, no, I just think it's <laughs> funny because I'm, I've been kind of exploring London and finding myself in these places that I know I've been to before. Mm. And then reflecting on it and being like, oh, grandma took me here. Mm. Grandma oh, took me there. Yeah. So it's like all of these places in London mm -hmm. that I went to with grandma. Mm. Hampstead Heath, the HMS Belfast, walking past the Tower of London, you know, Tower Bridge, and I'm like, wow. <laughs> Memories. You know, and it just, and, and even going on the tube, it's like so many people hate the tube and find it really disgusting, and I can understand why. But I've just been seeing it through the eyes of seven year old me. Going for like, trips with grandma into London and just looking at all the tube maps and mapping it all Gosh, out. It's head. really interesting because when I sit in the tube, when I first kind of like recently going on my own to places, there was fear. You know, the, the train, you get on the tube yeah. and the door closes. There was always this fear that what if dad got in the train and I was left because the doors are automatic. 
because I had a, there was an incident when I was on the train with my father and a child got left outside and the parent, the, the, the person was on the train and they were freaking out because the child was left on the platform. Oh, right, so that, right. that image is still kind of like there. And I had to tell myself, it's okay, you're a big girl. Uh, <laughs> you're not going to get left on the train. Even if you do, you'll find your way out. <laughs> but that fear was still there. Amazing. And I remember closing my eyes and sitting there and it was going so fast. And it was the thing, it, it's, I'm in the fast lane because that's what London is. London's fast. Everything's happening so fast. Mm. It's definitely the fast lane. People are, you get out of the train and people are just rushing, 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 walking, walking, walking. And it's like, whoa, what am I doing here? I wanted the countryside. <laughs> like the peace and quiet with all the bees. But you have to be in the moment. In the moment, this is where I am. Mm. <laughs> One of my favourite scenes is in Bambi. When the father comes along mm. and he like walks through the, yeah. the, the whole herd. Yeah. And like... The, the 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 child like asks her mother, like, yeah. "Why is everyone like looking at him?" Yeah, like, because he's the king. Yeah, uh, he's the boss, mm. and he walks around. Boop, 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 he does his thing, and then he greets the child. He mm -hmm. Looks, looks, and there's like the mm -hmm. the interaction, and yeah. then he disappears off into the forest. Yeah, but they had and the forest the... with all those other animals. They were as a village, right? But then at the moment in which there's a threat mm -hmm. to the to the herd, mm. he's there, of course, right? And he comes charging mm. down, and he, you know, and he protects the child or whatever mm. it is, and, mm. and he sorts out the problem. But he yeah. doesn't need to be there until the crisis moment. And yeah. it's the same thing with the lions. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing in like in nature where yeah, the dominant is. male yeah. is there and it's his mm -hmm. presence which is uplifting and it is just yeah. his presence his being there is you know is is a gift to everyone that's there yeah and then and he it's beautiful off. wouldn't it be wonderful then, if we had that yes it would but be we don't it would be fantastic <laughs> yeah but we don't because the men are not doing what they're supposed to be doing right so what are the men supposed to be doing well, shouldn't they be um, making the society a better place? Right, how? By making sure that um, you have a great leader. But know? then how are the women going to support their men to make their men better men? Because the well, thing is, the dynamic is, yeah. is it's, it's about collaboration. Yeah. Right? But then also, at the same time, like you're saying, that if the woman is stuck at home mm -hmm. and she's having to take on the entire weight of everything yeah. and work yeah. and this exactly. and that and put money on the table yeah. and blah, 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 mm -hmm. blah, then that's also unfair. So what is the way forward? So how can you start trying to find some point so that, that man and woman can move forward in their dignity, in their full strength and glory, like we were discussing earlier at the end of In Shadow? Yeah, and I think it's in service of each other and supporting each other where you can to bring out the best of each other and to really be courageous and look at yourself. And it has to be being with people mm. and raising each other and um, having that village in whatever form it's going to take. But, I, you know, it, it, we're in a very difficult time and... And we can argue with each other or we can support each other and bring the highest, the highest part of each other out. And that is going to take a lot of sacrifice. It's not going to be handed on a plate. But if you both work towards something much bigger and you have that, you know, like I was saying, not so much in the head, but the heart and kind of like serving each other, something beautiful is going to happen. And you need, you need other people.
you've got to get away from this comfortable home and you know just tv and stuff and really be driving for something higher which cannot be done alone and you cannot, you cannot do, that you cannot do it alone you just cannot do it alone a woman cannot bring up her children on her own she just can't she's burning out mm -hmm. this thyroid problem that a lot of women are struggling you know are finding themselves in is because it's just stress overload but too much for any anybody to handle you know i hear mom saying you know they shouted at their child and everything but and then they feel really bad and guilty about it but they're at a point where they physically can't do it they need help right but at that point where you physically can't do it and mm. you need help where mm. can you get help well this is the question well, where did you traditionally get help family these are the problems that are happening out there and we don't even talk to our neighbors you'd have the neighborhood you'd have your community center You'd have places where, you know, I mean, when you lot were young, I used to go to um, um, mother and toddler groups. That's where I made friends. I used to go rigidly every day. I used to get out of the house. I used to take you all for kind of like walks to the play groups and meet other women. Mm -hmm. There'd be creches in the yoga classes. And it's it, you have to, you will go mad. If you're not with other women, you will start thinking there's something wrong with you and you're mental. Mm -hmm. And then there's burnout. Everybody's burning out. This is my own opinion. But I do feel that the woman's voice is not being heard, that we're crying out. But what voice are you talking about? Because there are lots of voices that are being thrown mm. all over Instagram and all over social media yeah. and talking about Me Too movement and equality yeah. in the workplace and all of these things. Uh, is that the voice that you're talking about? No, I guess there's lots of voices, isn't there? Yeah. You're right. Lots of different voices. What voice am I talking about? I guess I'm talking about mothers. Voice the cry of the mother that's on her own with all the children, which is the next generation. Yeah. And what are they crying out for? Help. They need help. They need holding. They need time where they're not with children. Just have a cup of tea with a book just for an hour. I mean, this topic can go on. It spills out to all kinds of things, even the food and the vaccinations and the education system. Gosh, it's, there's so much. <laughs> because what's happening in schools, what's happening well, in the education that, I mean, system, that is, how free are we in thought, and then we're going to send our children to school, and there's all well, that kind of that stuff. Well, that is what was mentioned in the one episode on mm. the bullfighter. Because mm. I asked Hazard of Basir what makes a bullfighter. Mm. And he said, well, it's the parents. Mm -hmm. But then he goes back, he said, he said it was something to do with the, I can't remember the exact thing, but it was absolutely brilliant. Because he said it happens the moment the woman chooses the man. Mm. So that's what creates the bullfight. <laughs> so he was saying that the moment that the woman chooses, I'm that, I want that man. Mm. And that thing happens. Mm. And then eventually they have the child and the child is a, is a product of that. And then is the nurturing and the life of the child is that that whole destiny is, mm. is moving and is pushing towards the emergence of the bullfighter. All right. So there's the man that comes out. Well, I think you're going to be a bullfighter then. <laughs> <laughs> As Dr. Abdul Basir was saying, it's the same with education. And while he was teaching at the Dallas College, he said there were some people that the students could see mm. and it was like 
they just do not have the genetic coding for it. Mm -hmm. They can't, like, you can try and do whatever you can and do it to the best of your ability, but they're not set up for this. They need to be doing something else. Mm. It begins before your time. Yeah, yeah. Which is your sir, isn't it? It's that, um, that secret that we all carry. Mm. And, and, and again, going back to the childhood and when you don't have that nurturing happening between mm. the mother and the child and there's detachment, it's very difficult to get to that sir because you now you're not authentic anymore. And so it's when you start doing the unpacking and looking into yourself and finding out where, where it all kind of like, you know, and who, who you really are and, and what your destiny is. Well, your destiny is going to come anyway. But that, that thing of... Well, it's finding who are you so you can be on your highest lifeline so that you reach your highest destiny. And you know when you're on the right track because you start feeling joy. Hmm. That's, you know, that's, that's, uh, those are the signs when you start feeling happy and excited and excitement. And, and you know, it's like, well, you know, you're doing what you're meant to be doing. And so many people are, are in jobs, careers or whatever, doing things that they're not really happy with because they're in the wrong thing. And what about the mother who doesn't feel happy looking after her children? Then really she should have somebody who does look, feel happy. This is the thing, you see, not all women are cut out for bringing up children. Mm. There's, some women are better than others. And there's nothing wrong with letting somebody else bring up your child. But this is something that has to be introduced in society. I think, you know, the wet nurse is, is, is okay if it's to give your child to somebody, to breastfeed your child for two years, mm. or, and you pay her for doing it, it's okay. Mm. You'll still be their mother and they'll still know you as the mother. I mean, in the, in, in the Arabian Peninsula, they did it all the time. Yeah. But what you what is difficult is... Being a woman of being a career woman and trying to breastfeed your your child, it's impossible. You're not going to be able to do it. Mm -hmm. Something is going to go either your job's going to go or your child's not going to be whole. And this is the struggle that I feel in in this in this generation of society that we a lot of women are facing. Because today, I think there's a lot more women getting educated than men. the The workplace is opening up for women a lot. And what's happening with the children? So this is, is this kind of like this cycle going on where the child is crying and nobody's holding the child. I can give you an example. When I was doing my HND childcare and education and I was in, um, I had to do some placements in a creche and there was one adult to three children. And so there was six children and then two women having three children each feeding the children. And what I saw was absolutely horrific that the two women were talking to each other and trying to feed the child, but they're not looking at the child when they're feeding. So the spoon would sometimes hit the cheek and the child would be moving its mouth to get to the food. And I just thought, oh my gosh, this is horrendous. You know, there's, where's that loving look? Where's that contact? Where's that warmth? You know, this child, is going to be a robot. And Speed Bidolph, who wrote a lot about um, 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 boys, was saying, we're, cre we're creating monsters. We're going to have monsters in the future because they won't even know what it feels like to be loved. And those early years is where you get the sense of the world. What is the world? You know, the love. 
is it a loving place or is it a horrible place? So you've got this, all of these kind of things in early childhood that people are just not even aware of. A human child is not like an animal. It takes three years for the brain to even start kind of really, it's very spongy in the beginning. And by three, it's kind of like got some of its faculties, you know, the language is um, developed and everything. And then from three to six, it goes on to learning more movement and stuff. So it takes a good six years, Mm -hmm. but we don't have the environment. The child needs the environment, a loving environment. But when you've got a whole lot of stressed people, that just passes on. I mean, if you think an example of, you know, a mother and father that are working, they've both got to be at work for, say, eight o'clock. That child has to be out of bed, um, dressed, fed, and sometimes they're tired and they're not hungry. They're getting to school, dropped off early so that parents can get to work. I mean, if you're looking at the the child from the eyes, you know, of what's happening to the child, they're already in this fast lane, stress lifestyle before they've even started. This is in school and then no one's watching you at school. You know, if you haven't eaten, no one's going to see it because the mother is the one that knows when the child's becoming sick, when he's eaten, when he hasn't eaten, but you haven't even got time to be sick because now if a child's sick, how are the parents going to get to work? Mm. They better give them um, Calpol or some form of, you know, drug that's going to help them to sleep so they can get all drugged up so that they can go to school. And I saw this a lot when I was working, you know, with young children that'd be in and they'd just be sick and you just think they need to go home. So it's like, a, but part of the cure is knowing the sickness. When you know the sickness, you can start building on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Thank you for listening to this episode of the New Nomos podcast. I think the main theme of this episode is quite simply that if you want your children to be brave new children, then you need to be a brave new adult. And not just you alone, but in partnership. And then not just a couple, but a couple within an arena of like-minded people. And like it was said at the beginning of the episode, when you change the way you see the world, the world changes. And you will naturally attract to yourselves those people that you have synchronicity with and from there it can only grow if you'd like to get in contact with my mother i have put her details in the episode description alongside relevant links to what we discussed in the episode i'd love to hear your thoughts on what's discussed so please do reach out to me you can contact me through the new nomos instagram page at the new nomos and don't forget to follow subscribe and pass this episode on to anyone you think will appreciate it. So once again, thank you.